Hello and welcome to the second episode of World Cup Ski Racing with me, Ed Drake. Joining me this week is Ben Clark. The World Cup season gets underway this Saturday with the annual curtain raiser in Solden, Austria, high up in the Ozertal Valley in the Tyrol region. Men and women will attack the same gruelling piste. The start is up at 3,040 metres, which is nearly 10,000 feet. The opening third is relatively flat, giving the racers a chance to build into the daunting challenge on the Red and Black Glacier before dropping over the precipice onto a 65% gradient wall of rock-hard ice masquerading as snow. Athletes fight to hold on to their line as they look to release their speed as early as they dare onto the car park flat final third into the finish. The most crucial part of the run is the transition from steep to flat. Mistakes can be made on the steeper section and not cost too much time, but a mistake in that transition and you'll be lucky to qualify for a second run. One of the longest courses on the GS calendar and one of the highest in altitude will test the racers' fitness and it will be easy to see just how hard they've been working in those long summer months. With the steep and icy conditions, they may tend to favour the more technical racer, but who do you think is going to be the one to come out on top? I think for the first race of the year, it's hard to look beyond uh, last year's top three women uh, in the overall GS standings. Victoria Ravensburg had an incredible season, won the opener last year, and I can yeah. certainly see her doing it again. There'll be a few Austrian girls hoping to have home advantage. Uh, Stephanie Brunner came fourth last year, but overall the Austrians had uh, four women in the top 15 last year, so definitely a chance to see one of the Austrian women possibly sneaking onto a podium position. And what do you think about Schifrin, like the superstar of women's ski racing? Is she going to be able to deal with the pressure at Solden? Surprisingly, considering how much Schifrin has dominated women's ski in the last few years, she hasn't actually won in, in Solden since 2014, uh, which was quite a surprise when, when I saw that. Yeah, you would have thought that with her her skill and talent and, and how dominant she's been of women skiing, especially on the tech side, obviously she's moving a little bit more into sort of tackling some of the speed events now, but the tech side of things, she's been so dominant and it's just not quite gone her way at Solden. But um, it could be because it's shivering is sort of one of the more slight girls on the tour, whether she's not got that strength yet. She's still quite young, but, you know, it's so bumpy, it's so rough, it's so icy there. It certainly looks difficult when you're watching from, from telly or even when you're there live. The steep really does appear to take it out of the legs. You see people towards the bottom, and normally you think when you get a nice flat finish, people are just... You know, getting in the in, in the a, zone in, in in a nice speedy zone towards the finish and really letting their speed run out. But the amount of mistakes you see in the final closing gates, uh, if the course setters put some quite tight turns into the finish, sometimes on that flat you can you can see mistakes creep in. And I think that's something that that, that Schifrin will be looking out for. But you certainly probably won't see anyone ski a better steep section than her. Yeah, I think also it's because of the conditions. Also, we're going to not really see too many. From the back, it's quite interesting. Obviously, the first race of the season, we don't know how people's summers have gone. You've got young guys and girls coming up from the Europa Cup circuits. They're going to chuck their hat in the World Cup ring this year, but just it's not the easiest place to go no. and try and try and show how hard you've been working. In, in terms of making an impact, normally you have to wait to, to levy where it's a bit flatter, and uh, and and you see a lot of people from the Europa Cup to already step up in levy and make an impact, but. I think people who, who've skied Solden a few times before definitely have a bit more of an advantage of understanding the piece and, and the demands uh, that, that, that that long GS course has on you. Yeah, it's really, really long. You're looking at anything between 46 to 54 turning gates on that piece and TV really doesn't do it justice. It is so steep and it's really dark. That pitch where the, the sun comes round the mountains, that 
Hitch doesn't get any sun at all, really, and so therefore the snow is even harder, even more brutal. Glacier ice is even harder than the normal injected piece, and with the injection bar being on that slope already is going to make it incredibly difficult. So stick in your stick on your neck on the block, Ben. Who do you think? Who who are you going to call for the the opening victory for the women? Well, I spent two years living in France. I've always got a soft spot for the French team, so so my money would be on Tessa Worley for for the opening GS. Oh, okay. Uh, that's that's decent. That's a decent shout. Um, I'm I'm going to back Schifrin this year to uh, to step back up to the GS challenge. She's definitely got a chance. I I read something a few weeks ago that that said she's learning to enjoy her racing more. I think last year's Olympic year, she said she felt a lot of pressure and expectation to win multiple golds that that weighed on her quite a bit yeah. and, and she ended up stepping away and, and not actually racing in some of the Olympic events she'd originally planned to do. She was planning from the start of the season to just, race in all disciplines. Just too much pressure. Too much. Well, it's external, isn't it? It's part of part and parcel of uh, of these athletes' lives now. You know, sport is global and it is a business. It's not just about sticking your skis on anymore. People expect your sponsors expect some sort of return. And when you've been as dominant as she has, then that expectation's there. It's one thing if you're a middle-of-the-pack racer doing every discipline, you're expected to put a good podium position in here and there, but not dominate every week. Whereas for her, obviously, if she's not on the you know the top step of the podium week in, week out, then it it's becomes she's failed. It's, it's a disappointment <laughs> exactly, for some people. Yeah. Um, so certainly, it's, it's interesting to see that she said she's spent a lot of the time in, in the in the off season learning to enjoy and, and not put as much pressure on herself and, and only deal with her own expectations rather than those of anyone else. Um, so this would be a really good marker for her to lay down of just how confident she is. I think you're totally right. I mean, she's still really young, isn't she? She's only uh, born in 1995, so she's still a, a, a young lady trying to find her feet in this on this big stage. She's still, you know, burst onto the scene and all of a sudden she's expected to know how to deal with the external pressures as well as the pressure she puts on herself. And that's hopefully where having someone, uh, the likes of Lindsay Vonn, can hopefully pass on some of that wisdom. So obviously Lindsay Vonn won't be racing in Solden. She's said she's going to concentrate on just the speed disciplines this year, but hopefully she'll have been able to pass on what it's like uh, to ski under that kind of pressure yeah. week in week out. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if if Lindsay Vaughn's gonna start passing over those pearls of wisdom while she's still chasing that Stenmark record. But we'll see if she. Uh, I think maybe she'll be a bit more forthcoming with that advice once she's high yeah. up those boots. Pace me. Pace retirement yeah, advice. Exactly. Exactly. Um, let's have a quick look towards the men as they tackle the race on uh, Sunday. And so you've got the you know the usual suspects again. It's hard to look past the superstars of of men's giant slalom skiing for the win this weekend and for GS titles in general. Pintero, Hirscher, all of those guys are going to be there or thereabouts. Feller, he's gonna you know that he's gonna bring that crazy attacking style that he's used to. But here's what you call box office Feller, isn't it? You you know every single run is going to be exciting no matter what happens. I remember watching a few races last year where. I, had my head in my hands watching him because he looked like he'd put together the best possible run and then a couple of gates from home he'd be he'd hit the deck. But he he all he's always entertaining and you know, considering how much he he doesn't finish, he ended up fourth in the tour last year for GS standings. Uh so he's always exciting to watch and possibly being in his home country will have that bit of extra knowledge of, of how to conserve a bit of energy on that long run. And also 
obviously you've got Henrik Christofferson, whose GS is coming on so quickly, season on season, having finished second in the overall to Hirscher last season. Christofferson himself talks about it in the pre-season that he's been working really hard to try and put on some bulk especially which will help him in GS just because he's one of the again a, a slighter ski racer he needs that power needs that he's trying to put on sort of four or five kilos worth of muscle to be able to try and power his way down so whether he's going to bring it in the first race of the season again his him and uh, Hirsch's battles all season long last year were some of the highlights and not even the skiing was the highlight some of the time it's just watching the the antics between those two was, was very entertaining it was and watching his face in the in in the finish and some of the races where he thought he'd laid down I guess the strongest marker possible on a second run charge and really thought he'd done enough and, and Herscher could come down and just blow him out of the water it, it it looked like it was starting to get to him at times did, last season. Um, you know, he still put on incredible efforts, but sometimes he, he had a smile on his face and just held up his hands and said what you can do. But other times he looked really frustrated as he just couldn't work out where Herscher was getting the speed from. Yeah, I hope that he um, that he's had a little time to reflect on some of his the way he reacted to, to certain events happening last season. And I think, you know, another young guy bursting onto the season and people start expecting a seasoned professional out of a guy that's only just sort of really come onto the scene. Even though he came onto the scene and started winning races, he's still a young guy that's that hasn't quite worked out how to deal with, you know, being beaten. Yeah, and also he had the he had the slight disagreement with his with his federation over his sponsors the season before. So he he's like you said, he's still coming to terms with a lot of this being the the main man on tour is an incredible skier to watch. I don't think you'll get a better battle than you'll see between Herscher and Christofferson. And Pantro, when he's on form, you know, last year was he dominated of, some GS races last year, didn't he? Pantro, you can't you can't look past him. You you do tend to get drawn into talking about the Hirschers and the Christoffersons, but Pantro just he goes about his business. He's works really really hard, and again a great professional. And he sort of gets to sneak under the radar a little bit, even in GS, even though he wins GS races by a second, he still somehow isn't talked about as the guy to beat. And maybe that works for him. Yeah, he seemed like he had a few equipment issues last year, I think, trying to get a setup that worked across all disciplines. He he did struggle because in the seasons before that he was a lot closer to, to Herscher and Christofferson and you know, any one of them could have won on any week and he looked like he was struggling a, a little bit for form but uh, he's had a summer off um, and no doubt he'll be he'll be ready to, to really join that fight again with, with the other two guys uh, and you know he's 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 always up there um, I guess the biggest one to watch out for if if he comes uh, to race this year is, is, is Ted Ligeti because again a few years ago he was dominating GS skiing yeah. uh, and, and, and now you know Hersher and Christofferson have, have come into the into the party and, and last year couldn't he didn't even did he, I'm not sure if he even had a podium last year Ligeti well, well Ligeti holds the records for most wins in Solden as well with four so he's uh, if he does come and bring his A game he's got a lot of knowledge that some of those guys haven't haven't got in their lockers but uh, so who go on stick your neck out who, who's going to get it I can't look past Herscher. I know he's the the the, the massive favourite. Although similarly, he same as Schifrin, he hasn't won since twenty fourteen either. Um, I think he might have missed last year. The race was cancelled last year, wasn't it, because yeah, of bad bad weather? But he's he's just been so dominant. I, I, my money's on Herscher. 
Okay, right. So uh, uh, just just as you've gone here, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna join you on that one. But um, I, I'm gonna go a little outside, a little outside the box potentially. With uh, I, I reckon uh, Life Christian Haugen, Nesvold Haugen, excuse me. I think he he's a dark horse because last year he skied some amazing runs, but not two consecutive runs. And I think he's somebody that on his day has the technique has the drive has the fun factor about his skiing as well to really battle with those guys and he may not have the consistency that the Hirschers and the Christophers and the Panteros have but he's certainly one that has the skill set to mix it with those guys and maybe step on that top step he can he can definitely turn up on any race day and and put in a great performance he's a really really powerful guy um and He's he's exciting, but not in the way that that Feller is. He doesn't look like he's about to crash every turn the way <laughs> Feller does. He 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 looks like he has a bit more control about him. And and as you mentioned earlier, with the how long this race is and how much strength and endurance you need, he's he's the kind of athlete that that's got that in abundance. When you get to that bottom section, you can almost see him uh, almost pushing on. I think one of the big questions for me. Uh, is going to be, will we see Felix Neureuth? He's had a long time out injured. been reading a couple of reports in, in the press that said he's going to wait until the last possible moment to decide, but he doesn't want to sacrifice his season. He doesn't want to race if he's not going to contend for a medal. He doesn't want to come up and, and, and come 30th on his first race back. I think also with um, this piece, if you're a little bit injured or not sure about where you're at in terms of your body and your health and your fitness, this is not the place to try and come back. It's so brutal. And especially on the men's side, it's so cutthroat with the with the um, distance between 1st and 30th in terms of getting a second run. You really, really have to be on your game and be able to give it 110%. On the British front, Charlie Raposo who's been skiing really well over the summer but been battling with a back injury, is not going to start this first race just because he's still got a couple of niggles. It's not an injury as such that's affecting him, but it's not the greatest place if you're having even a couple of issues to come and try and uh, and show your A game. So unfortunately, they'll be without a British representative on the men's front. And on the women's side of, of British skiing, Alex Tilly, we're hoping to see a good show from her after a positive season last year. Yeah, she did well last year. Saw some 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 really positive signs in her skiing. A few second runs in there, and it'd be good to see this year if she could make that step from from top thirty into top twenty and and really start dropping down. Uh, yeah, I that, think that bib number. Yeah, starting starting to really consolidate these top thirty results to then give herself the platform and the belief that she deserves her place in the top thirty and and merits being there week in week out. And it's kind of what we saw with Dave Riding over the last few seasons going from making a few second runs into establishing yourself into the the top 20 and then once you'll get that start number down a bit you can really let it go on those first runs rather than having to just survive and try and try and get in there and you've seen although for the British athletes it does take a bit longer for that step up you know the the Austrians and Swiss and French guys who it's their conveyor belt of talent you know they seem to go from arriving on the World Cup to podiums in the space of a season it takes a bit longer for for the British athletes to really get that belief but as we've seen with Dave when you do it's it's all guns blazing from there on so hopefully we can see Alex pushing that that claim forwards into the top 20 maybe top 15 uh, this year that's all we've got time for this week thank you to my guest Ben Clark We'll leave the rest of the talking up to the athletes.